good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mr. A. I'm glad everybody could be here tonight with us. Tonight, as I stated in the intro, we have artist, creative, and uh, I don't even know how to phrase NFT. Creator. NFT creator. One rad Latina out of Brooklyn. Really happy to have this conversation. And uh, before we start, let me just turn this speaker off. <laughs> Sorry. Please stand by. Yeah, right. So without further ado, uh, the set welcomes one rat Latina. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I begged my mom to go, let me go to that funeral for Biggie. Oh, really? Brooklyn. <laughs> I was like, but it's Biggie, mom. You don't understand. I mean, no me importa. Wow. To think that you were still asking mommy to go places during that time. I mean, it was... It, it was like the death of, of it was our it was it was an icon. Yeah, he's still an icon. Yeah, so still. I, you know, I was I was thirteen, fourteen. Oh my god! My mother was like, "Are you going to no. And we're uh, from Dykeman, so it's oh yeah, far. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, my cousin, I think she's still has to go, but I'm not sure. Let me not say that. She <laughs> you blow her up. Her mother's gonna start giving her cocotazos right now. So I'm very. There's so much that's uh on the table right now for us to discuss so let's start with the easy part right you know culturally being latino being people of color art is something you know being a creative is something that i feel we have naturally right um but at the same time when it comes to being in this american culture i think culturally for us it doesn't permit for us to be creative in the sense where we're going to devote our lives and try to make careers and livings off of being a creative. Right. So how were you when you made this decision and what was the response like from your family? So That's so funny that you bring that up because I was just recently thinking about how in our parents' countries, Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico for, for me because I'm half and half. Um, las artes is something that you want your children to be a part of. There are so many art schools that are public and even, not to bring up Cuba, but even Cuba has like this ridiculous art, pro, these ridiculous art programs. And um, but once you get here, the mainland or to the United States, it's no longer a viable option for work or for any type of livelihood. I mean, even as a hobby, it's not that heavily, um, I don't want to say enforced, it's not the right word, but it's, it's not like promoted for a hobby either because it's, it's like a waste of time. So growing up, I, I remember this is, this is one of those memories that you never forget and it's because it's so like eye-opening and I grew up in Dykeman, mm -hmm. and there was a, there's a YMCA there, and the YMCA is on Nagel. And uh, that YMCA has always had, like, summer programs, but they've always been private programs. Mm -hmm. And I, I was a kid, and it was summertime, and I saw um, a sign or something that said that they were giving, like, um, lessons for painting. Mm -hmm. But the, the cost was, like, $200, and this was in the 90s, and it, <laughs> we were poor, you know? So my mom was like, 
you know something, uno sabe pintar, eso la gente tiene que nacer con eso, eso es un talento que la gente tiene que nacer. So, no te olvídate de eso. It's like she basically told me that you have to be born knowing how to paint, which I am. I am a natural, actually. Um, and she didn't do it because she didn't think I knew how to paint. My mother herself is quite talented. I remember finding these pieces that she used to make out of like crochet and things like that, but she used to get, keep it hidden. She just was trying to deter me from following a path where I wasn't going to have any type of livelihood. So her thing was just ponte tu dial, like study, 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 study to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, to, to be, or to have a real job. Yeah. Regular nine to five. Regular nine to five. I, I drew as much as I could in the margins of my notebook and my name on things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, But what I, what I really did growing up was just take as many pictures as I can because that was something that was more allowed. Um, you know, when I was growing up, you had very little opportunity to retake a picture. Um, rolls of film were expensive. Cameras were expensive. If it wasn't really a good camera, you, had a, you, had, you run the risk of having double exposure when you don't want it. Um, and if you don't know how to take a good picture, you'll, you'll mess it up and it'll be a waste of time to even um, revelar la foto. Mm -hmm. Like, get it developed. Right. So, my mom did know how good I was at everything. She always made sure I was the one that took the pictures and I was, <laughs> that was always like, ven Luchi, because that's my, my nickname growing up. Ven Luchi, coge la foto. So, it was always something that she encouraged. The, the, sure, I'll buy you film and, and I, I used to get like these really cheap cameras from like Woolworth that were like 10 bucks and They, they were like these rectangular cameras. I had this really weird film that looked like the voicemail sign on old cell phones. God, I'm old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, you're really talking about film cameras and now you're talking about that. On, oh, my God. Yeah. So, but that's like, <laughs> but that's a, that's a, one of the things that got me into being everything digital because um, growing up and, and then as an adult, I never got to monetize on my photography or my art or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then... In 2019, I started working for a startup. And the startup, um, they, I started working as a different, in a different role. And mm -hmm. since it's a startup and those companies are small, sometimes they switch you around when you have more than one skill. Yeah. And I, at the time, I ha I've always had creative skills with graphic arts and things like that. And I'm very active socially on, on social media apps. I'm, I'm also a, like a writer, not just a writer on the walls, but like I write. Like I have very good writing skills. So they um, decided to make me their director of social media. Mm. I was also doing content creation for them. I did the copy. Like it was, it was everything. Like I said, it's a, it was a small company. Um, startups are usually like that. So um, that really propelled me at the time to say, you know what? I can do this for a living. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what anyone says. I see, you have to excuse me, but I've see, I see white people do it all the time with mm. their artists and They, they, they do it. Um, and art school and things like that are not something that's just like, like encouraged or even shown as, a, as, a, as an option. Even in high school, like, yeah, you know, kids that went to art and design in LaGuardia, but how many kids, you know, really went to art and design and were really looking at that, at that in, the, in the book? Right, like right. really thinking they were going to get in there, especially when I went to school, to high school in New York City. It was a straight lottery. I was applying for high schools that were um, for journalism because at the time I was really into writing. So I wanted to do something in journalism. I applied for a lot of the art schools. I was a straight A student with like ridiculously good attendance and I wasn't 
accepted into any of my schools wow. all my friends that were like cutting class and stuff like that were accepted to all of them because back then it was a lottery and it, it had a lot to do with where you lived um your zip code a lot mm-hmm. of things don't change yeah um so art school wasn't even like on my radar so as an adult though i see plenty of people um who are not in an art school that didn't go to art school but happen to not be people of color making it out there and um i said i could do that i can do it because i know i am good at this mm-hmm. and i can totally do it and at the time i was living in astoria and i had been just promoting my art and myself on instagram uh, a nightclub reached out to me that i was about to open in astoria and they wanted to do some work on their mannequins. And at the time, since I was just like really just getting on my on my on my flow for that, I guess. Right. I, I never asked for payment because at the time exposure was enough. Besides, I had a really good steady job. So um, <laughs> you could pay me with exposure because right now I'm just really learning how to make my way around this. So that's the 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 feedback I got from the artwork I made from that from that and the fact that I got people asking me for commissions from that and just like the, the reception I got from it. And then also being hired by people for photography made me just like say, you know what, this, I, I, I can definitely do this. So I, I headed down to um, BF Spaces, which is this, this big place in Bushwick that has a bunch of studios. And um, they usually they have them really affordably priced, which is really hard to find an arts. First of all, it's impossible for, to find a good art studio that you can be by yourself that you can afford. It's like an apartment. Right. So um, I was able to to find the studio in Bushwick, so I get to stay in you know in my city because I'm from I'm from the city. I'm from Dykeman. so I get this art studio and I get this art studio. I, I paid a couple of months rent and bam, the pandemic hits. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm furloughed from my job oh wow yeah the company went back to the their because they they were like bi-coastal okay not bi-coastal they were um they were international by coastal, right, so right, right. on two different coasts right, right. but they were on two different co- on two different countries so they just because to cut costs obviously and there's like a pandemic raging in this country they went back to their country and like the american staff whatever so um that would be seen as like the end of the world. But at my age, that wasn't the end of the world for me. That was the beginning of everything because Mm -hmm. now, because there's a lockdown and all the yuppies left and all the people that don't believe in New York are gone and, and everything is locked down. I have time. I have time to, to hone my craft. I have time to build my, my, my portfolio, my portfolio, not so well, my portfolio as well, but I was thinking more of, I, I have, now I can build, and I don't even want to say my following. I just want to say the people that can see my work. Right. I, I had time to build that that network of of people that want to see it and can understand it, and I just started going crazy with it. And because I've always done digital work, either through as soon as a camera phone was invented, that was it. That was it. I, I remember the first camera phone I got was a Nextel flip phone. That they were illegal at the time. <laughs> they were illegal. They were, the Nextel that I, at the time, yes, you couldn't have a Nextel because um, that you couldn't have them. You, they were only for the West Coast. You had to know someone at a cell phone store, and I knew mad people. Hell? Yeah, so I knew mad people. I got myself a one of those. You used to press the button on the side and the you flip open. Yeah, it was a chirp, but it was the first. And I was taking pictures. I was like, oh my god, I could take pictures, and I don't have to have because I already had a digital camera. But this is like 
on the go and I have my phone and anything can happen in the moment and I can take a picture. Because taking a picture is, is you're literally um, freezing a moment in, in time. That's why I'm such an advocate for photography. It's such an important historic, it, it's a history keeping tool that we all must use. Even if you think you're not a photographer, start taking pictures. Just like I tell people about drawing and painting <laughs> and everything like that. But that's how I got into um, doing this. And I was, how old was I? I'm 2020. If I'm 40 now. I was 38 back then. So okay. 30, and 37, going on 38. So I remember even Googling artists that have made it over the age of 35. <laughs> like, because... <laughs> You know, a lot of this is also an age-based, like all entertainment, because this is also an entertainment type of business. It's very age-based. And that also goes along with a lot of the, the whiteness of it all. Mm. Yeah. And there's something to be said about artists who have this life experience and this lived experience where they can speak on things, on, on issues, and they can make the art about it. And it really, it holds a lot more weight than someone who hasn't really lived or experience the type of things that others have. It's, I sometimes I call it, um, I use this example of lo a lot when I'm trying to explain things that people have not been through but try to understand. It's like you can explain to an extraterrestrial who's never felt human pain, pain, and they can learn everything about it and they'll explain it back to you, but they've never felt that sensation. But let me, let me jump in here um, because that, Ladies and gentlemen, I think if you don't know how this whole this whole journey of art and being a creative started for for one, uh, I don't know what to tell you. You're gonna have to run it back and, and you know sit with it. Um, but I heard a lot there, and I kind of like want to pull and draw from it. Um, you know the the whole cultural side of again um, our families really shunning art and being creative as a living. I mean. I think that can be felt across the board. But at the same time, it seems like as you were going through your walk, you know, it seems it seems like almost there was always opportunity for you to be creative, whether whereas at work, writing, you know, being a director in any capacity for an, for a, a startup is a great position to be in. Whether or not they were paying you director money is something totally different. Oh, you <laughs> I was a contractor. Oh, oh, forget it. Yeah. So um so the pandemic hits and you're starting to envelop yourself, uh, for lack of a better term, in your work, yeah. right? So is it at this point that you decide to really uh, jump headfirst into NFTs and learning how, how those things come to be? Or is this prior to the, to the pandemic? No, this was during the pandemic. Okay. So I always knew about crypto. Mm -hmm. um, my family's very into everything. I have cousins that are always into stuff. Mm -hmm. I know about Bitcoin and I knew about things like that. Um, someone reached out to me. I can't I had already seen some artists speaking about NFTs. And then someone reached out to me. Oh, you should make NFTs because a lot of the work that I was, not the physical work, but a lot of other work that I was putting up was digital. And this mm -hmm. was, since before NFTs were around, artists that were making digital art, all they could do was just post it on Instagram and hope to God that some company would fall in love with their work and maybe contract them to do something. Right. Or some, they'd get this ridiculous following where they would have to start making some monetary gain. But that's not what was happening for everyone. So when this NFT um, 
when the NFT, because NFTs have been around for a long time, but the NFTs as we know it started getting popular, people did reach out to me. And I was interested at first. Mm -hmm. And then I saw how difficult back then, I'm talking about like at the beginning, at the other, this is the tail end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, the whole crypto and everything was going through so many laws and changes and all types of things that someone like me who didn't have a ton of money in the bank kept getting rejected when I, whenever I did try to mint or open anything on OpenSea or Rarible because at the time, all those platforms were pretty much all curated and gatekeeping hard, especially when it comes to finances because the people do have to understand about NFTs, that an NFT is this non-fungible token thing. It's an asset that's being traded around so it's really like trading around stocks or bonds or things like that or mm -hmm. contracts you know because be nfts can be many things mm. they're for the real world right they're just digital right. so yeah so um wait a minute red one yeah. um do me a favor um could you uh break acronym okay <laughs> can you can you say that again so that the audience could catch it because I know I was about to ask you and you said it but I, I'd like you to repeat it so a non-fungible token is an nft fungible fungible so non-fungible is something that's unique that can't be traded for something else a fungible something is something that can be traded for something else so for example um paper money cash uh like a five dollar bill is fungible because if I have a $5 bill and you have a $5 bill, we could exchange it with each other and we both still have $5 bills. Right. With NFTs, there's only one because when it's minted or made on whatever blockchain you're going to use, it's going to be given a serial number and no other asset on that chain will exist that's the same as that one. Even right. if you mint another NFT of the same image or you mint another NFT of the same thing, they're still going to be two separate individual unique nfts okay so if i have drugs and you have drugs we could exchange drugs depends on the drugs so <laughs> drugs can definitely be non-fungible because if i got some weed and you got some backyard some, boogie yeah i don't want that shit. <laughs> the value has to be there Obviously. so so let me ask you this that we're talking about value because nfts for me um when i started to hear about them it seemed very weird but I understood the whole uh, what the possibilities were, right? Because art in and of itself is is subjective, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to sort of hide, you know, some finances, resources. I'm just checking for any FBI. <laughs> it's a good way to pull off some some you know shady shit. I mean, you could pull off shady shit in anything. That's that's see. Also, when I first that's what put me off to it at first, because at right. first I was all gun ho. And then when I couldn't get through, I was like, there's got to be something going on where I can't get through this. And then I'm a person that's constantly fighting for social justice and change. So <laughs> right away, my, my head goes through. There has to be something going on here, which there was at the time. It was the, the financial thing. Right. But that also led me to a space where I was like, oh, this has to be for money laundering and it has to be for this. And mm -hmm. I even made some posts. I made some artwork that said, fuck your NFTs. Oh, my God. I <laughs> We're rebelling. What? Yes. Hard body. And then I was like, you know what? Let me shut up for a second and start actually listening and learning. And then I found out what an NFT actually is. So it's a digital asset. Right. Mm -hmm. So but it's a digital asset with real world applications. Okay. So an NFT, for example, 
they all have to have some value that's not just the NFT, unless it's like an art. And even that, the value is the artist. So, for example, an NFT that everyone might know would be like the Bored Ape Yacht Club. In the Bored Ape Yacht Club, you guys know it's like, oh, a Bored Ape, he looks tired and he comes with different things. So those NFTs are basically memberships into communities. Those are PFP projects. They are totally different from, let's say, an NFT I would make. I make NFTs that are just one of one. There's no generative one making a whole bunch of different ones. And my utility is just that you get to buy a piece of art from the artist because I'm just a creator. If ever comes a time where I do a project, I am kind of doing a project, but I just call it that because I'm an artist and everything's a project. That's right. Is where um, I, the NFTs that I'm creating of like women's faces are, are um, going to like charity and stuff like that. Okay. But there's no real, that's the utility. That's what they call like the membership benefits that you get when you buy this NFT. I myself have some NFTs that are PFP projects and I have NFTs that are just one of ones that have uh-huh. no utility. All right. Hold up a second. Let's try to, let's try to make this a little more for the novice for right. one for one quick second because even in what you were saying at the start of the nft sort of revolution um i'm sure people were thinking like why couldn't she do it or why couldn't she mint these nfts because there's nobody there's no regulation of it and that's what made it you know what it is but there was regulation there was the, re- the regulation oh my god so the regulations were like i said your bank account because when you first started when i first started doing this this the nfts in the wallets they had a lot of um requirements you had to give your social security number of course a bank account because you have to go on coinbase you have to buy crypto Uh the thing is that new york state is very strict and very strict i'm going to use that word with their crypto allowances or what they allow you to do with crypto there are chains that I have not been able to mint on because New York State just does not allow the crypto to be traded here. It can be traded in California. You can go to Florida. You can go to Nebraska, but not in New York State. So for, oh New, York, for New York State artists like me, small artists, it mm-hmm. was really hard at first to get into crypto. And it wasn't always free to mint. Like right now, you go on OpenSea, you might have to pay a small gas fee. Or you can go on like Disrupt Art where I have a ton of artwork and they're on a blockchain called Flow and you can mint for free because there's no gas fee. There's a couple of blockchains like that. But that didn't exist when I started doing it. Mm-hmm. And that actually that actually put me off for a while until I got on a platform and the uh-huh. platform was curated and I was allowed to go on there. And unfortunately, because you have to join Discord and things like that, and I was so ignorant not just ignorant but i was just i was not learning i was just going in mm-hmm. i was i was hacked my I, I i let i basically let a bot and a hacker into my my wallet where they stole all my money and i had to let go of that wallet and when you're in web3 which is this whole the whole ecosystem that nfts and crypto live on that's a big deal because you use your wallet to sign into everything all your data is kept there so when I lost access, which is what you do, once you get hacked, you can't put anything in there. You've lost access. I can still access it just so that I can prove to people how long I've been in the space. But I had to basically, um, first I had to stop 
working with them for a while just so I can just clear my wallets and, and in case any hackers were following me. I don't even, I didn't know how I worked back then. And I had to redo all my profiles on every platform that I ever minted on because I no longer could use that wallet. Wow. Yeah. So, vamos a lo otra vez. Because even in that, even in that moment of you explaining this, how you lost your wallet and you had to relinquish it because yeah. you couldn't, you know. Well, just not sign into it anymore. Right. Um, let's let's say um, right now we're going to have a child, right? Okay. And we're going to tell this child who just drew, uh, you know, they were given an assignment to draw their first turkey for Thanksgiving, right? Don't But, draw a turkey. The pilgrims killed the Native Americans. <laughs> we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. There you go. You heard it here first. Tainos all day. Columbus out of here. Let it go. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so he drew he drew a cacique <laughs> for Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. And he and all right, we made it a heat. And he comes home and he says, Mommy, mommy, one, I I want to make this an NFT. Okay. What do we have to do to make that happen for little Calcildo here for him to have his Calcildo? <laughs> We gotta bueno. mangle something. <laughs> What do we gotta do? Bueno, Calcido. The first thing we're gonna do is, since you want it to be a digital asset, since you drew it on paper, we're gonna have to make it digital. And mm -hmm. if you're an artist out there, um, canvases are hard, obviously, to take to like scan. Right. But if you're using paper or if you have pictures, I suggest buy a good copy machine that does scanning. Or mm -hmm. um, there are apps that you can download on your phone. Mm -hmm. that can help you capture a really good scan of your artwork. And, and this is especially for artists that are um, making, um, excuse me, canvases. Oh, right. and my graffiti people like take pictures of, yes. you know, your walls and stuff. And if you mint them, no matter how many times they buff these walls, mm. that'll live forever because anything you mint on these blocks. So a blockchain is a technology that all the cryptocurrencies runs on. Right. There's a bunch of different ones. Right. But once you put something on that blockchain, It's, it's there, there forever. forever. And because the blockchain is also a ledger, like I'm old. A long time ago, <laughs> accountants used to use these things called ledgers. The, the green books. book. And they had like graphs like Excel in them. Yes. Oh, and bookies. And bookies, yeah. So the legal types. When, yes. So when a, when a bookie needed to know who owed him what and where, he would go into the ledger. That's right. So this is a ledger. And on any blockchain, you can see any in and out of any wallet as long as you have the address for example oh wow i saw the wallet that stole everything from me i saw what happened i saw the and i didn't know i could do this until the people from the platform were letting me know this is what happened so i went on etherscan because it was for ethereum i saw every time that they stole something from me i saw the wallet that it went to and the wallet that and then after that it was transferred out somewhere else no so, recourse for that it's I don't know who the, no one knows who anyone is. I uh -huh. right now have, I own my Ethereum name, my ENS. So okay. my name pera, is. Pera, pera. I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Because we, we went, we, we started here with in Ethereum now. Let's, let's back it up because right, right, Casildo's right. on the floor and he's going to throw a fib. So we have his, his, his indigenous people's day drawing. We have it in a digital form. Okay. What's the next step for us to, To, you know, to further us along the journey of it becoming an NFT. So this is where people have to do their own research and mm. find out where they want to fit themselves in Web3. Web3, Web3, Web3. Remember Web3 because the Internet as we know it, the Internet is super old. But the Internet as we know it is Web2. And 
the internet that will be will be web3 and so on and so forth so you're going to me you're going to hear me say web3 web3 so web3 uh, you hear me say blockchains has plenty of blockchains so the first thing you have to think about when you want to mint a digital asset like that is what blockchain do you want to use do you want to use ethereum which is the one that everyone knows mm. and as you know ethereum has um has gas fees a gas fees is is something that you have to pay in order to mint or do anything. It's what makes the blockchain run. It's why a lot of people do not, a lot of environmentalists and people like that do not like to use Ethereum. It is the most popular, the most popular um, crypto that is accepted everywhere. And it's one of the reasons why so many people use it, like me. Because in New York City, Ethereum is not a problem. Um, there are other blockchains, like I mentioned. So Flow, like, for example, Flow. Flow right now is is on fire this is not financial advice um but flow is an example <laughs> where it's a free to mint blockchain where um you can do things but flow for example i need some water i'm talking so much shit. you have water there right yeah um All right. flow for example just very recently got on coinbase so you if you did not know how to work your way around web3 and and wallets and things like that it would have been hard for you to to buy flow and flow's pretty famous because they're known for nba top shot and there's a lot of people that that use nba top shot and, and deal around with nba top shot oh yeah that that's a that's a feverish sort of uh environment nba top shot so that's that's what flow that's the blockchain and that is the ecosystem that built NBA Top Shot was Flow, and I just love that um, that blockchain. Yeah. Um, there are also other blockchains. There are some. There's Solana. Solana is one that has very, very low gas rates. So once you figure out where you want to mint, what blockchain, because every blockchain also has like their own community. For example, the Flow blockchain has its own community. Ethereum is all over the place. It's where they do the board API, the board API club. It's where they have a lot of different ones. Um, Solana as well. So once you figure out where you want to mint, you find the platform where you can do that. Some people make their own contracts in order to make their NFTs. Better, better, better. Casito's confused. ¿Qué pasó? So, so we we picked our our blockchain. We have our digital formatted uh, indigenous people's uh, art. Okay. We picked our blockchain. We're gonna go with Flow. Okay. Are what we are, selling this? Um, well, Casito wants to start his college fund. So in hopes that somebody sees it, they will want to buy it and he can make some residual income behind it. Yes, so that's the beauty of what's, the what's the next step? What's the, what'll be the next step for us to take that digital form so let's and say, get it on the blockchain? Awesome. So let's say he chooses flow. Okay. And, um, so he has to find a, if it's art, he would have to find a platform where he can sell it as art. And in every business there's always something that has a niche so just like um flow has sites where you can get nba top shot which are just projects they also have sites where you can get art so one of the platforms is disrupt or mm -hmm. wearable which is pretty famous they just integrated the flow blockchain so um we would go onto a platform let's say disrupt art because that's the one i stand mm -hmm. so we go on disrupt art it's a curated platform a lot of art platforms are curated which means 
you send them your information. They figure out if you're a real person that's actually making art. I'm not talking about the gatekeeping type of like um, curation. I'm talking right. about just making sure that you are an artist and someone who's here for the space and someone not a scammer because in everything in the planet, there are scammers. So like a blue check for the for the blockchain. Kind of like a blue check for the blockchain, but I don't really want to go that far. <laughs> it's just somewhat in that vein. Yeah, the, the because the curators are real people and they're making right. sure you're a real person. So okay. they make sure what's his name again? The kid? Casildo. <laughs> Casildo. <laughs> they make sure Casildo's a real person. Like uh -huh. Casildo's really making art. And okay. um, it's just like going depending on the platform, it's just mm -hmm. uploading, filling out, figuring out how much you want to sell it for. Mm -hmm. And then just pressing mint, and that's it. Okay, so we've minted Casildo's indigenous art. Okay. okay. Good for you, baby. How is Casildo, right? How is Casildo gonna make money after the first sale? Is that something he has to take care of in his agree in his contract before he puts it up for sale? How how does that work? Well, that's the whole point of picking a platform okay. or deciding to do your own smart contract which is what they're called okay if you're deciding to do your own smart contract you're probably a dev you need to know some type of coding and you need to know your way around that i don't know anything about that so if i wanted my own smart contract hold on a second i gotta jump in again so ladies and gentlemen if you're paying attention she's talking about writing a digital contract and the, the specialty about this digital contract is you can't write it in word perfect okay it has to be written in code because it's living on the blockchain. Correct. And from what I understand, the reason you're writing it in code because it's going to live in the blockchain is because that's going to be attached to that piece of art or whatever it is forever and ever and ever. Correct. And anything that you do afterwards with that piece, that NFT, will be part of that contract. So right. let's say um, the platform. a lot of platforms have it written into their contract where you will get money from secondary sales. Disrupt mm -hmm. Art has it, OpenSea has it. Um, some contracts on, on different platforms, you can play with their percentages. Some have it fixed, mm -hmm. but there are artists or not, not so much creators, but there are like projects and businesses that will get a dev to make their own smart contract because they want a certain percentage. Mm -hmm. If it's a PFP project with a ton of utilities, it has to be very specific mm -hmm. for when whoever buys the, PFP or the NFT will will do something with it later on. So okay. it's just like any contract. You are a any any just think of it as any business transaction. Negotiable. Yeah. Well, any business transaction needs proof, and that's what this is. Oh, it's a tag. It's like a tracker tag. Well, it's the blockchain is a ledger. Yeah. This is your receipt. There you go. Um, also, I also want to uh, sort of point out is all right. Casildo just sold his indigenous art for five thousand dollars. Damn, you better than me. <laughs> Pero ahora there seems to be some rich oil magnate in Peru, and he fell in love with Casildo's art, and now he wants to buy it for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Casido was smart enough to listen to his mother and make his residual percentage 15%. How does Casido cash out when that sale happens? That goes right back into your wallet. So he doesn't even have to argue with anybody. No, it's on the contract. Run me my money instantly. Yes. 
It's on the blockchain. You'll L- see it. <laughs> Listen, I have artists. Uh, my daughter's an artist. She's constantly making art. She loves to be creative. Yeah, and she's a she's a bookworm. She eats books. She's the type that reads three and four books at the same time. Good. Yes, that's great. <laughs> I understand completely how she feels. <laughs> I do. So she does art, and and I was hoping that at some point that she would start taking her art and minting them because she sure. does some great pieces, and I've always tried to like push her into capitalizing off of that. So uh, Brianna, if you're watching. Um, I hope you're taking notes and I'll definitely help you because you're coming back home. You know, does I'm she a... do any type of like, oh, my God, does she do any type of like um, extracurricular stuff? Like, um, does she volunteer? Does she do anything like that other than the art? Well, in her work, she works with children. She does story reading and she sets up uh, displays. Mm-hmm. So she's very like her visual of how to put things together. And uh, well, what I'm saying is like. If she wants to find a way to cap, because like I'm a one of one artist, right? Right. So that's all I make is art. And I try to keep it that way because I'm, I'm such a purist about that. But a, a way for her to still do one of ones and still make it a project, and she has so many, mm-hmm. is just like add a utility. For example, if she's working with kids, like the project that I'm doing where it goes to charity. <laughs> you hear, does everybody hear how enthused she sounds about it's just that I'm so the thing is tough. No, the thing is, so let me explain something about like the board club and, and projects like that. Mm-hmm. Those are run by teams. There's, oh, wow. Yeah. So anytime you see like my PFP projects that I have, which are um, I have the giraffe tower ones, which are just amazing. And those are in Ethereum. Um, I'm pretty soon going to have a badass bears from from flow, which mm-hmm. is um, part of the Jim Jim Jones project. Okay. Yeah. And then there's my flow guitar. So, oh my God, I, what was I saying? Onita Dory. Onita. Hold on a second. Before, before you proceed. Oh, if, she could add something to it. Right. Because that's what people um, don't understand. Like those projects that you see a thousand, 10,000 of them, they have a whole team behind them working on them. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not just one person. So she's just one person and she wants to like, make a project that it has something that the people can get other than her art. She could, if she works with kids, she can add something in there like that. It's just like, just ideas that I try to give artists if they really want to get in this, because it's a very, it's a very new space, right? but it's still very tough Yeah. because a lot of people are just copying off each other. And the whole point is let's try to be original. original. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny that you say that because um, this, this podcasting thing is everybody's doing it. And I often find that a lot of people do copy each other. Yeah. You, you know, and for me, I don't mind, um, you know, if people aren't going to be original all the time, they're going to have to take inspiration from other places. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's different. But in, in the web three space, it's like, I've, I, it's just copy and paste a lot of the time. Really? Well, those monkeys. Okay, bear, not okay, bears. That's yeah. what I have to say. <laughs> like those monkeys, when when I was seeing them and listening to the pricing, and I was just like, "Who's membership card?" That, yeah. That's what people. That's what I want people to understand the difference between PFP projects like Board Ape Yacht Club or like the ones I have, Flow Vitar, Badass Bears, um, the Giraffe Tower <laughs> ones. Those are PFP projects. Those are like I own a membership card that has this really cool piece of like. PFP are on it or it has this really cool logo that's just for me that no one else has 
and I get all these perks because I joined this community. So that's what those are. It's totally different from, let's say I make a beautiful piece of digital art and I just make that one and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's, it's a big difference. So that's why you see those prices. It's just like when you see some very famous artists sell for millions of bucks because uh-huh. they're getting bad artist work. When they're selling these PFP projects for all this money, it's because people are getting perks. They're getting um, entrances to shows. They're, they're getting a community to, to network with. They're gaining knowledge from each other. You're setting a community up. And the thing is that people don't understand where this is going. There's gonna, the applications for the blockchain are not just for NFTs, for art, or PFPs. They're going to use it for ticketing, for concerts. They're going to use it for prescriptions. They're going to use it for everything. This is just the evolution of what you guys know as the internet or web. Right. The digital, the digital realm. And I, I, I'm glad that you said that because I really don't think people really understand what the World Wide Web is really evolving to. Yes. And you talking about the blockchain in the way that you do should give novice people a better and clearer understanding of the intentions. Yes. Because if you can do art, if you can do prescriptions, contracts, there's a bigger picture at play here. Right. And people are not seeing that. I know a lot of people, the first thing they say is scam. So let's talk about the art world that I come from, right? The traditional physical art world with auction houses and galleries and all that stuff. People buy these expensive pieces of art to launder money, to flip it. It's Mm. the same thing. So if you're not, if you're worried about not joining something because it's a scam, (laughs) they scam on Cash App and PayPal all day. Yep. Why are you mad about, why are you trying to get, because I've, I've had people mad at me. Like, I've been mad before also at the NFT thing. So I get it, guys. But after I figured out what was wrong with me not understanding, like, I learned. But people, they just very, very angry. Like, because, <laughs> and I get it because you're scared, right? And when you're yeah. scared, you get, you fear, you, you, you fear change. change and you, you, um. The unknown. Yeah, you feel what you don't understand. And that makes people angry. That's where a lot of anger comes from. But it's just like anything new. So 20, 30 years ago, nobody really understood the applications of the internet, except for David Bowie. He knew what was going on. Like he's one of those people that really knew. He was ahead of the curve. He was ahead of the curve. And you just saying David Bowie, probably all the people that's in the room are like, who? David who? David Bowie is a very, very (laughs) famous rock star who passed away. Eyes without a face. Yes, he he had two different colored eyes, and it's not for the reason people think. I would suggest people Google why he had two different colored eyes. It's an interesting (laughs) story. But just like back then, he knew what was coming. So it's kind of about patterns. So this is just like the pattern of the internet back then. People didn't understand it. Everybody was scared. People were scared of cell phones when they first came out. They didn't want to stop using regular phones because of cancer and this and that look everybody got a smartphone now <laughs> yep and your smartphone is going to be able to connect to web 3 because i'm going to keep saying web 3 because that's just the evolution and it's not going to stop at web 3 it'll be web 3.0 it'll be web 4 who knows where it'll be and i know you guys have heard the word metaverse a million times oh my god and you acting like you don't know what a metaverse is but you've been playing call of duty for 10 years oh my goodness it's the same thing uh, it's one, a virtual world let me jump in because i have a i have a a, a, a very uh, I think a great suggestion and maybe people in the room will agree. 
and I know your energy. I don't know if everybody is picking up on on one's energy. And yes, she does like to be called one. Her energy is she's like on sugar. Like PhD baby. <laughs> listen, I'm being PC. Well, that is PC. I have I am ADHD. Yeah, I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Like my brain is totally different from everyone else's, and I run on a totally different time schedule, even on my body. And I'm always like this. Maybe this is why I smoke so much weed, so I can calm down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I was that kid in class. I talked too much, but was very intelligent. If I had been a boy, I probably would have been diagnosed as a kid, not as an adult, because boys present ADHD totally different from girls. Mm. As a girl, a lot of girls that have ADHD or um, a lot of people, a lot of kids that are gender girls um, have ADHD in a way where they're very quiet. They daydream a lot. They bounce their legs a lot. They do a lot of different tics that people would just say, you know, she, there's nothing wrong with her. She's really smart. And they have the craziest party going in their head 24 hours a day. I thought that was all women. No, that's not all women. There's no such thing as all women. Yeah, no. you're right. Um, my, my suggestion, because of her energy level, and, and ladies and gentlemen, understand, when I spoke to one on the phone to just get acquainted so that she can feel comfortable and I can feel comfortable and she could understand what uh, how my mind is and how it works and what I wanted to do with the conversation, she was all in. And when I say all in, I was getting so much information. It was like, oh, wow. I feel like I'm going to ride a Coney Island. That's called info dumping. That's something that people yeah. with ADHD do. That's an actual, <laughs> it's a comorbidity of ADHD. It's called info dumping. So you, you're getting both I sides think. of <laughs> um, My suggestion to be would be because of her knowledge and understanding and creativity that one should hold a class oh my God. and she should charge people. Yo, listen, you want to get into NFTs? I'm teaching my class. We could do it online. We can do it in person, whatever. I'm going to charge everybody $50 a pop, and we're going to have an NFT minting class, and I'm going to take you from el, el huevito hasta el gallina, and you're going to learn how to mint NFTs. I, I mean, wouldn't mind doing that. I, I've, I've wanted to help people get into this for such a long time because mm -hmm. I myself was so resistant to it at first. Mm -hmm. So I can speak to not wanting to do it, to being scared. I can speak to so many things that have happened to me personally as a woman in Web3, as a person of color in Web3, as somebody who didn't know what was going on, that when someone steals everything you, you've been working for, it would make you give up. But I believe in Web3 so much that I just went and I opened another wallet and I kept minting. Wow. And then the thing about Web3 is recently there was a, there was a market crash. Mm -hmm. And... I love to study patterns. That's one of my favorite things to do. And when, since I was a kid, I've studied the stock market patterns. And just like every market, the crypto market will go up and down and up and down and it could crash and go back up. Mm -hmm. The people that stay in the, in, the, in the space while these things happen are the people that, that really believe in it. The people that will lose everything in a wallet and just open up a new one to continue to stay in this is because they really believe in it. And I think I wouldn't mind teaching a class because I really want our people because that's the thing so the web3 space is very big it's very global but a lot of the people who are running these these large DAOs, which is um it's like a group of people that get together they put their money together they, mm -hmm. it's like a um we have like this, a hedge fund for digital right so they they make decisions together so these are all people that are they tend to be white uh, you know so i 
they, I want to be able to bring my community, the brown community, the black community, the Spanish speaking community into a space that probably a lot of them are already in and haven't dabbled in other, in other spots of it because it's such a big space and or the people that have absolutely no knowledge and don't know what they're missing out because there's a, a phrase that's used in Web3. It's wag me. It's we're all going to make it, right? Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's what it means. But a lot of people hate it to be like, oh, that's some toxic positivity. No, we're oh not all going to make it. You know why we're not all going to make it? Because you're talking like that. Exactly. And let me tell you something. When they say wag me, they don't mean us. So <laughs> when I say wag me, I mean us. So right. it can be wag me, but we gotta. we have to first learn and... That's going to be the biggest barrier is learn. And if your grandmother can use WhatsApp. <laughs> wait, right? wait, say that again. Cause she could use what? If she could use WhatsApp. <laughs> all right. If your grandmother and your aunt can use WhatsApp to send you a million text messages in the morning, like, Bendito, y esta vaina, y esta vaina de Jesucristo, they can definitely learn how to use a wallet. Ladies and, and gentlemen, give them their, FN, their first NFT. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining the show, I'm your host, Mr. A. Tonight we have one rad Latina from Brooklyn and I'm from Dykeman, but oh, I live in Brooklyn. Oh, oh she's right. even correcting me from Dykeman, from Dykeman up top. Um, not the Bronx. <laughs> I just can really appreciate one how she said WhatsApp because you can it's tell not, she's a Latina by saying WhatsApp, right? Not that, is that not the name of the, of the it's WhatsApp, right? It's, yeah, it's WhatsApp. It's WhatsApp. But I, I, again, because I've heard it all before and it, it makes me feel good inside because that's my people speaking. El WhatsApp. Yeah, but I go to DR and WhatsApp. WhatsApp. And there you go. And um, <laughs> and two, um, from our initial conversation to the person that I have sitting in front of me now, um, and I want everybody to understand this. Um, her mission and her energy is focused on bringing the information to our people because it is her mission. And a lot of people, you know, they see us get riled up about certain issues and what's going on in the world. And like, ah, you're wasting your time. To, and I'm like, you don't understand what's coming. Mm -hmm. And the more you continue to believe and buy into, you know, buy into this thing, go ahead, have your fun. Because when the ball drops and it starts falling around, you know, falling around you, and then you're going to go, mira, yo, what do I do? Bendejo, I told you to pay attention, but oh, you didn't. Yeah. Right. And there's also something to be said about that in a way where forget about NFTs for a second, because mm -hmm. if you're going to talk about NFTs, you have to talk about cryptocurrency, which is what you need. Yes. To buy it. Yes. You, should, you have to think of NFT, excuse me, NFTs, but cryptocurrency as a global currency that you can use in any part of the planet. So let's say you got family in DR. You usually send your family money through Rienvia or something, right? Uh -huh. So you pay, or Western Union, so you pay Rienvia, you pay whatever, and then if it's cash that they don't, and they can't go pick it up or whatever, the man on a, on a little motorcycle or whatever comes to the house to give them money, hay que darle propina a ese tigre también. So, ya se fue como la mitad de lo que te iba a mandar. But let's say que el tío campesino tuyo que vive en una loma, mad far in Santiago, una finca. en una finca, he has internet though, right? <laughs> He has Wi-Fi. For, for some reason. Nah, yo, I've been to places. I mean, like, yo, how you got Wi-Fi out here? I got Mira, a router. Dame el password de Wi-Fi. Dame el password de Wi-Fi. Porque tengo que usar mi wallet. Así mismo. What happens is, like, as long as you can 
as long as you can um as long as you have wi-fi like an android yeah. or whatever you can open a wallet so instead of using Riembia or whatever mm-hmm. to send your family money you would just transfer them some crypto into their wallet and they can go into coinbase or whatever and transfer that into fiat which is the real money mm-hmm. and throw that into their um bank account wow and pretty soon there won't be any more of that paper. I don't. I think paper will always exist because we always need, always need something in the physical. What's gonna change is which paper is gonna be on top, and that always that changes all the time um, because of wars. It changes because of oil. It changes because of presidents. Um, there was a time where the Argentinian um, sol. No, that's in Peru. I forgot what they use in Argentina. I can't, I can't remember if it's the peso, but it was on par with the American dollar. And now it's not that. There mm. was a time where the American dollar was stronger than the pound or the euro. Mm-hmm. That's they, not no more. The, the, the American dollar will never be stronger than the euro ever again in its life. So that's things that constantly change. So, Well, here's the thing about that. Um, are you comfortable? First off, are you at calor? It's a little you, hot. You want me to turn the air on? Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you might hear some back noise because I'm going to put the air on. Just give I me think a it's second. this beautiful halo light. That's <laughs> I usually be working in a dark room like this, punched <laughs> over like a troll. Uh-huh. I'm going to make some money today. <laughs> <laughs> i to make some money. <laughs> so if you hear any back noise, that's the air. Oh, um, my God. Better? Better? Yeah. All right. Uh, I got to keep my guests comfortable. But if there's any back noise, if you're hearing any humming. I'll try to speak more into the mic. I also keep getting away from it. All right. Um, I want to say this to you with regards, because I'm glad you brought that up about uh, currency. Now, if everybody is older than 35, I want you to think about what money is to you, one, and how it's been changing over your life. Because we went from constantly walking around with money cash in our hands from the check cash in place right to moving towards banks like being in a bank excuse me being in a bank wasn't really a big thing to me up until i was probably about 19 20 they wanted it like that no but that's that's my point that's what i'm trying to drive at and then as time goes on direct deposit happens right Mm -hmm. i'm seeing in my life as time goes on direct deposit happens and then from direct deposit i i'm writing checks and then no more I'm writing checks. I got this card, this debit card. And now the debit card, I have no money in my pocket ever. I go everywhere and bloop and put my code in and jata, right? So we've been, the progression has been over my lifetime from always walking around with a tangible item in my wallet or in my front pocket to now we moved to a card and we can, we're totally digital now. You do not necessarily have to hold a representation of currency that is paper like we grew up on at all. Thank you for everybody joining us tonight. We'll be back this coming Wednesday with Hakeem Green, comedian, actor from New York City. He's on Flatbush Misdemeanors, and I hope everybody could join us. Man, it's going to be a good one. I appreciate everybody that came out tonight. And salute to one rad Latina Bye, for, for giving us her time, man. She she's amazing. Go check her out on Twitter and on Instagram. Oh, oneradlatina.com. There you go, oneradlatina.com, and you will be seeing her again here on the set in the, in the future. I'm sure of it. Bye. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.